Ladies and gentlemen, holy mythosaur Batman, for this is a Fred Dailing Productions podcast. Yes, it's mythical, or is it? Mm. Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about! We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. I'm a Kendall Richardson. And I'm anxious as anything, uh, Michael Lister. <laughs> and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Experiencing it through the medium of duct tape and a prayer. <laughs> I hate technology. <laughs> oh, I hate technology. It's it's. it's it's such a catch twenty two. It really is. <laughs> yes, duct tape and a prayer. Well said. That's our new slogan. <laughs> Curses. Oh gosh. Anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. Yes. Um, this week we aim to have zero problems, but I just probably jinxed it. So I'm just going to smack my desk a bit and uh, get that out of the system now. Please do. <laughs> we have a lot. We have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, lots of really cool shit. So let's dive right in. Um, Fulia, actually, I should mention she's not here. Obviously, oh. as you can see, if you're watching the stream, you can see, and obviously you can hear that she's not present. Um, All the senses, as well. All the senses, exactly. See, touch, um, taste, smell. Yes, yes. <laughs> so. Fulia is doing the hockey thing, so she uh, sends her apologies. But um, I do have her notes that she's given us for her weekly watching. So I will start by reading what she has to say, um, if I can get my computer to cooperate. Okay, cool. Fulia says, so I managed to score myself about nine months worth of free Apple TV+. Plus. Oh. Nice. Which means I got to watch a couple of things this week. Started with the first episode of Shrinking. Dark humor mixed with some drama. It's good so far. I'll definitely be continuing this show. Nice. So that's the um, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford TV show produced by Bill Lawrence. So that's, that's nice to nice to know she's enjoying it. That's, um, that's my Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, she goes on to say, the other thing I watched was a documentary called Selena Gomez, My, My Mind and Me. It was a real insight into her mental health and the fact that she's been suffering through lupus. Selena's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and she's opened up about her mental health publicly. I already admired her as a performer, but now I respect her as a person. Such a strong woman. Wow. Um... Yeah, well, one of her best friends donated her kidney to her mm. um, to help her fight the lupus that she's been dealing with. Um, so she's she's been through it, that poor woman. Um, I'm you know I'm not I'm not a fan of her music per se, and she's not really my thing. But she's clearly very talented and yeah, a remarkable human being by the sounds of it. So I have heard good things about that that doco um, as well. So it's nice to see that Fulia had the chance to watch it. 
Because, you know, you guys love your only murders in the mayhem in the building and thing. So Mutant mayhem <laughs> murders. Yeah, the mutant mayhem murders. <laughs> uh, and I and I did say I will watch it, and I, it, it's not this day, but I, I am going to. It's on the list. Not today, but it's one on. day. One day. One day. I shall. Um, Michael, what about you? What have you been watching? Well, um, I didn't really watch much TV, uh, except for the stuff that we are going to watch uh, and talk about what we uh, watch our our, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the stuff that we always talk about on this show that we watch. Yes. Yeah. Hi. And <laughs> I did something that I haven't done in a while. I went to a concert. Oh, did you now? I did. And Ooh, I... <laughs> uh, technical concert, technical. Uh, and I, and I, came, and, uh, I went with my wife. Uh, and it's her first uh, outing for the Weird Al concert that was in Melbourne on the weekend. Nice. Nice. Yes. How was it? It was really fun. Um, yeah. I've been to Weird Al's concert before in, two th- I want to say, 2006. So, so it's plenty of space wow. between drinks. And uh, it's not your atypical Weird Al concert. Uh, if you've, s- there's a, a DVD of his um, Apocalypse tour, uh, which is basically uh, a high, f- uh, a high uh, physical sort of rendition of all his, f- uh, everyone's like favorite parodies that he's done, and also uh, some of his. Uh, definitely a lot of his new stuff and also um, uh, some original stuff as well. And, of course, the Palka. Got to have the Palka. But this, the Palka. Yes, and, but this one is a bit different. It, it was more of... Uh, it, it, it says on the title, um, it, uh, Self-Indulgent Tour. So, essentially, mm. it was all his original stuff uh, and only wow. one or two, like, parody, uh, quote-unquote, uh, so, yeah, so uh, for, for a newcomer, it's like, oh, I know Weird Al, he does all the parodies. There's no parodies to be seen, really. <laughs> so, so it's a bit of fun. There's a lot of, a lot of deep cuts uh, from his uh, filmography, uh, discography. And I was, I was just chomping at the bit. I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm actually hearing this that, that was released like in the 80s and the 90s and all that. It's great. And yeah, I was I was happy as a pig in poop, and uh, just smiling from ear to ear. And also, uh, Phil, friend of the show, uh, and uh, and his partner hey. was was there as well. Uh, they had uh, tickets that are uh, that were dare I say better than ours. He was actually in the front row. I know what the hell. Like, Come Amazing. On. And so when he yeah he posted it on Facebook and it was like the only time I was on Facebook. Was like hey he's he's here as well. I might Facetime him. <laughs> so so here we go. So I'm Facetiming. It's like I, I can see you. And I got a picture of him like all the way at the front. And we were semi at the back, you know, but in the stalls. So it wasn't uh, overly bad. But but for first time at the Palais at the Palais Theatre. Uh, for beautiful venue yeah 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 and and very good for like uh uh performances that uh 
that are very intimate but also massive as well. So mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Um, hopefully I might perform there one day. Um, yeah, and just just happy I was there. And it's like he's getting on a bit. He's in his sixties now, so so he's, mm. he can't really do <laughs> much. He can't he can't put his leg over his head anymore. So. And, no. and so, so I, I was happy to do that. And and speaking of that, um, uh, the biopic uh, came out on pa- uh, Paramount Plus not too long ago. So we rewatched oh. that. So nice. Yeah, so watched it uh, on the big screen TV that we have instead of on the computer because that's the only where I can plug in my VPN. And we watched it on American Roku. So. Uh, watch it in, uh, in in all its digital glory. So that was fun. I was really happy. I was just happy, and Aww. yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, weird how it's just been in my life like, like forever. It's yeah, mm. definitely affected my affected my my way of life as well. Like and yeah, and I also wear a Hawaiian shirt. You got to wear a Hawaiian shirt. Um, my wife says, "I was like, why are you wearing a Hawaiian shirt? No one wears a Hawaiian shirt at a concert." Oaken Trap. Um, oh. hmm. And it says, no, one, hmm. no one's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt at the concert. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, while we was there, I, uh, <laughs> I was just walking around. I was just counting. One, two, three, four, five, six. Got up to like uh, 50. So I said, okay, okay. I get it. Yep. <laughs> You're big Weird Al fans, aren't you? It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I... And I Peffis, uh, I pretty much said, is ah, better than Ed Sheeran. And it's like, it is. It's better than Ed Sheeran. At least you could see him. <laughs> I could see Ed. No, you can't see Ed. You, yeah, you and your big Zoom. Uh, pref- uh, probably let everyone know. Uh, my wife and Kendall actually went, went to see Ed Sheeran. So. Yes, we did. Yeah. And this <laughs> and concert was better, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> According to you or to Sammy? Wow, she's not here, is she? <laughs> uh, yeah, so no, I had enough. so much fun doing that, and it was really great. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, I watched The Last of Us, and uh, I was really upset. And fuck you, TV show. Anyway, Kendall. <laughs> Yes, I had the highs and lows this week. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Um, Oh my goodness! Um, Yeah, The Last of Us. Wow, I, I really, really enjoyed um, episode eight, and I say enjoyed because um, yeah, it it was a very, it was a very, it was very well made episode of television. The content of which was hard to stomach, of course. (laughs) Um, I didn't even do that intentionally. Um, <laughs> it's venison. Um, <laughs> it's organic. <laughs> it's organic. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I thought they did a really good job of adapting it from the game. Um, uh, one of my friends kind of disagreed with me, which I found interesting. Um, but um, but he's a little more hardcore because he's played the game, whereas I've only watched. The, the playthrough, the as I keep saying every week, so it's a it's a different experience, you know, and it's I, it's something that's I've only seen recently, and he he played 
you know, when the game first came out 10 years ago. So it's, yeah, it's a whole different thing. Um, so I get it. But for me, I think they did a very good job of combining the necessary elements and story beats that they needed to um, from this arc in this episode to make it work. I thought it was excellent. Um, and I got the one scene that I wanted, hmm. <laughs> which was Pedro Pascal going dark as fuck, beating the shit out of those guys before killing them, and I was very happy about it. My stomach um, was turned. <laughs> Something else was turned in me. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was really great. Um, he nailed that scene. Um, and But just all around, it was awesome, like, you know, to see Troy Baker, um, you know, in the flesh, yeah. in the show. Um, and he was in it for more than I expected. Um, not that I didn't, ex- like, I don't know. I'm just used to, you know, companies only giving and creators only giving, cer- like, certain, like, glorified cameos to to people. But, like, if there's, I should, le- like, know by now, based on my experience with the Arrowverse and the way that they paid tribute to legacy characters and actually gave them weighted storylines, um, you know, I should know that this is not the first time that this has kind of happened. Hmm. Um, but, um, but, but still, I just was, I suppose I just wasn't expecting them. Like wasn't expecting him to be in it as much as he was. And he was really, really good. Um, and yeah, Dave, David is, uh, you know, the villain of the year already. So. <laughs> Yeah, I give you a little oh. tidbit as well for um, mm-hmm. uh, being respectful for leg- legacy characters. Uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, so Ian Holm, who plays Bilbo, actually played mm. Frodo in a radio adaptation for for the BBC. Yeah, that's right. So there, yeah. there is some connection there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really cool. Mm. I forgot about that. It's very, very nice. Yeah, I love I, I love it when they do that. It's it's just yeah. It's a it's, it's a wink so and a nice. nod and if you if you know, you know. It's not it's not Yeah Get it, get it. No. <laughs> Like it's a little different, I think, with what they did with Troy Baker to compared to what they did for the actress who plays Marlene because she played Marlene in the game, so that she actually reprises her role. But, yeah, yeah. You know. That's a bit different. Um but that's still really, really great as well. But yeah, it was a fantastic episode and um Bella Ramsey deserves all you know all the praise in the world for her incredible performance like wow you know I yeah she's so talented she's gonna have such a great career Mm. uh, ahead of her like I can't wait to see what she does because I she was woof Ellie was on fire in this episode um (laughs) it was it was phenomenal so yeah last of us going strong one more episode to go and then season one is done so yeah that's that's hectic um speaking of hectic things um i watched uh two movies this week one at home one at the cinema uh the first of which i will mention um is all quiet on the western front oh, the, netflix. Uh, the netflix film yes is uh, nominated for best picture amongst other oscars uh, and, you know, is a, another adaptation of the very famous novel. Um, I have never seen any of the previous adaptations of this book. Uh, this is the first time I've been exposed to this story, but obviously I'm no stranger to, you know, stories of war. Um, and, you know, after seeing 1917 a couple of years ago, you know, this is not my first time looking at World War One through this kind of a lens, but it's it's different, obviously, because it's, you're 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 with the Germans, like you're on the other side in this story, 
but it's still the same story because, you know, they're two sides of the same coin. Um, and uh, I was blown away by this movie. Um, it's really, really good. It's so well made. Um, like the cinematography is gorgeous. The music is so affecting and impactful. It's used very sparingly, but when it is used, it is used to just really gut you. <laughs> um, so that was cool. And the performances of the cast were, were great. Um, Zemo's in it, Daniel Brühl. Um, he has a he has a role in there as a, a German politician trying to negotiate with the French to uh, declare the end of the war and the ceasefire. Um, and yeah, and the I I need to get his name because I he deserves a shout out and I just don't want to say the guy who did the thing. Because <laughs> um, I'm usually better than that. The guy and the thing who's got the face. <laughs> the face and the stuff. Um, so. The lead in this movie is a young man by the name of Felix Kammerer. This is his first ever role. Mm. Um, he crushes, like crushes. Like this is a debut for the books, in my opinion. I was floored by his performance for every single scene he was in. Amazing. Um, yeah, haunting, beautiful, real just the emotions he was able to bring forth, the complexity of that, um, the nuances, like just, I was, yeah, I was with him the entire way. Um, and I cried so much, um, at the end because the ending really hits you Mm. really, really. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend people watch this movie. Um, you know, with or without subtitles, whatever your bag is, I don't care. That's fine. As long as you see the movie, Um, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it with the subs on, because um, I yeah, I'm becoming that person that I never thought I would. Because I always used to hate subtitles, but now I'm like, no, 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 I can do this. I wanna, I wanna hear the real voices, you know. Um, I don't wanna hear the dub, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't know what the word is. But anyway, I'm glad I did it. It was a wonderful film. Um, so yeah, people need to check it out. The other movie I watched this week. Uh, also Oscar related because it was um, a little bit of a controversial one. This was uh, to Leslie. Um, so Andrea Riseborough was nominated for Best Actress completely out of left field. Uh, she'd not been nominated for anything else this award season for this role. And then all of a sudden they're like, let's give her a nod. Um, and then there was a whole investigation that took place because of like, you know, if there were... Uh, illegal campaigning methods going on or, or whatnot, like regarding her and her peers that were supporting her. Um, but, you know, and the Academy decided not to rescind her nomination in the end. They found everything was done appropriately um, to get her the nomination, so that's fine. And now that I've seen the movie, I'm totally not mad <laughs> um, because she was very, very good. Um, and I, I don't know, like... I was, it was a beautiful movie. Um, it's basically about, she plays this mum who, like, single mum who, you know, is an alcoholic, has a very severe problem with said alcohol. She wins the lottery, um, like, just under 200 grand, and then you, there's a time jump between that and the aftermath of it, um, where, you know, you're picking back up with her and she's still, like, she's just, she's, she's drunk the money away. The money's gone. Um, she's practically homeless and she's trying to navigate her existence and her demons. Um, 
and figure out her place in the world. And uh, she ends up going back home to the town that rejected her uh, after the aftermath of what she did when um, she won the money. Um, there's, so that's something that's kind of teased and then revealed at the end of the movie. Uh, but it was a beautiful movie, a beautiful human story. Um, her performance was really, really good. Like probably one of the most convincing like, you know, like actors can generally do drunk very well. Like, it's not that hard. I mean, we've all had one too many drinks at some point in our life, really. Um, the way she, the way, <laughs> but the way she was able to do it and kind of capture that just aloof determination of someone who's just out of their gourd on, on alcohol. Um, like, she just really nailed it, I think. And... Yeah, and it, yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, Mark Marin was in it as well. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he runs this hotel that she ends up working for, um, and they strike up a bit of a bond. And uh, yeah, it's um, it was a really great movie. I again, I was crying by the end of that one too. So <laughs> all about crying watching movies yeah. this week. I actually watched yeah. the uh, Mark Marin special that was on uh, binge not too long ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any good? A uh, bit harrowing, so a uh, word of caution. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was about, about his you. journey through it. Yeah, about his journey through through the COVID pandemic and also... Um, uh, oh, wow. And about someone who he lost as well. Oh, yeah, goodness. so... Okay. If you like dark shit, then, yeah, that's, that's, your, that's your thing. It's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, awesome. Okay. Um, cool. Well, that's that's it. That's all I had time to watch this week. Again, like you said, Mike, apart from the things that we're going to talk about <laughs> very shortly. Um, I mean, we can so talk about Last of Us in there. More Last of Us? What, you want to talk about Last of Us? We can go into more detail. Uh, Fully is not here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, good shit. Um, all right, well, let's just dive in to the week that was in the nerdy news, shall we? This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most S, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alrighty. Um, nerdy news time, and we've got some marvelous things to discuss to start with. Meh. The first of, meh, the first being uh, the uh, excellent news that John Bernthal will be reprising his role as the Punisher uh, in Daredevil: Born Again. Um, this show is really, really shaping up to be uh, a great continuation of the Netflix show. Um, because they're bringing pretty much everyone back. The only thing that they need to do now, which I, it doesn't look like it's happening, but we need Karen and Foggy in this. We really do. And I'm just making a plea to Kevin Feige to somehow make it happen because I keep seeing articles saying that they're not returning. Um, but they're bringing pretty much everyone else back. <laughs> so um, why not? Um, you know, who's, who's Matt Murdock without Karen Page and Foggy Nelson? Like, come on. Come on. Um, anyway, that's my thoughts on it. But, you know, John Bernthal was a fantastic addition to uh, 
the Daredevil universe back in season two of that show. Um, and then he got his own spin-off from that, which was also really good, even though I haven't finished that yet either. But um, season one of that was excellent. And he's just a phenomenal actor. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I really enjoyed his take on The Punisher, even though I haven't seen the... Um, uh, what's his name? I forget the name of the actor, but the, the the previous two Punisher movies, not and then there's the one they made in the 80s as well. So there's been like, this is like the third um, version mm. of the Punisher on screen. And I haven't seen, I've, this is the only one I'm, I'm familiar with and uh, I really enjoy watching him. So I'm very happy that this is happening. Um, I believe it's next year we're getting this, if I'm not mistaken. So we do have to wait a little bit, but I, I know it's going to be worth it. That's for sure. Um, Mike, what do you think about this news? Are you excited? No. And that means there's more stuff to watch before the show starts. <laughs> I have to watch everything. Okay. I suppose it's going to have to be on my list as well. If they yeah. if they re- if they reintroduce like like Cage and Jones is like ah. Do I have to watch all of it? Do I have to? Sorry if you can hear my kid <laughs> yelling up a storm. They're having fun. It's okay. At least they're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I suppose I'll wow. ha- I, I suppose I have fun watching Daredevil. Yeah. And more Daredevil and The Punisher. All the Netflix shows. It's going to be the excuse to, to watch it. So cool that they're bringing people over uh, and into the MCU so I'm happy hmm yes me too excellent um, speaking of bringing people into the MCU mm. um, we've got some news regarding season two of what if um, and this is very very interesting because it looks like and correct me if I'm wrong Mike but it looks like we're actually getting our first original hero to the MCU. Yeah. In this. Mm. They've never introduced a new character before. Uh, a new in a like a new hero yeah, in in this way. So um, basically, one of the episodes in season two um, is going to be uh, revolving around um, this new hero by the name of Kahori. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, so apologies. Um, who is a young Mohawk woman. Um, and basically the premise of her episode is going to uh, be surrounding uh, the Tesseract, uh, that old chestnut. Mm. Um, what what would happen if the Tesseract fell to Earth and landed in the sovereign Haudenosaunee Confederacy before the colonization of America? Um, the Tesseract takes on a new life and a new mythology, transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars and leading Kahori on a quest to discover her power. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm down for this. This sounds really interesting. Um, and also just wonderful to see that the character is, you know, um, a Native American. Um, that is, that is wonderful. Uh, apparently they're going to be like they have collaborated with actual members of the Mohawk Nation, including Mohawk language expert Cecilia King and historian Doug George, to ensure that the portrayal in the series is authentic. Mm. Um, so that's really, really nice. 
they also put out a photo uh, of the you know what she's going to look like in the show, and I love her outfit so much. She looks like a badass. Um, I like the blue accents of her of her cream coloured um, you know dress uh, that she's wearing and her face paint. Just yeah, looks so great. So I I can't wait to watch watch this episode. I think it's going to be really cool. And then hopefully they'll do a they'll do a Star Wars and make her live action at some point. Um, considering what if is MCU, even though it's alternate realities, um, there's definitely an opportunity for them to make her real and flesh uh, at some point. So I look forward to that. Um, but yeah, I don't think what if is coming. What if might be coming out this year? It might be next year. Um, I'm not sure. I think I'm just going to wait until Comic Con before any any release dates are locked in because yeah. you know. We're halfway through March, and we still don't have a Secret Invasion release date or a second trailer. It's, I'm starting to get concerned. Anyway, uh, Michael, uh, how do you feel about this? You think this is this is cool? This is exciting? Yeah, really cool. Um, one of my fa- favorite movies from 2002 is probably Prey. So definitely getting a lot of that vibes. But it's also mm. with the Tesseract being in a different area, it sort of gives me like Black Panther vibes as well. Like if America Mm. wasn't colonized, what what would America look like or be? Because if you're dealing with that sort of aspect, then um, what would the uh, future hold today? Uh, If if there was no real real interference with um, colonialism... And all, and all that. So happy to see see that. And with the crossing over to live action, uh, I was having a skim through the article and I couldn't see if uh, if um, uh, the the voice artist has been named yet. But they would probably do something like Bo-Katan and and actually get someone who actually looks like the person, and and then they can uh, cross uh, pollinate with. With live action and and and, and yeah, and the cartoon mm-hmm. world. Yeah. So more than ha- happy to see that. Nice. Yes, it's very very cool. Um, okay, speaking of really cool things, our next item is is very very exciting um, because we've had confirmation this week that. Uh, Batman the Cape Crusader lives on. Um, it has found a home at Amazon Prime. Um, this is just wonderful news. Uh, we're not entirely surprised, I would say, that this has happened. I feel like it, it was inevitable, um, given the people involved in this show uh, and what it means to the fans. Um, it makes total sense for someone to pick it up following... Warner Brothers' decision to give it the Knicks, um, which we all kind of disagreed with. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be on Amazon Prime, which is, you know, quickly becoming my new favourite streaming service. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's got a two-season order as well, which is um, absolutely fantastic. Um, so for those who don't know, this is produced by J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Timm. Um, so three legends. Uh, also involves um, Ed Brubaker, 
Two, yeah. <laughs> two, two and a half. <laughs> uh, also involves Ed Brubaker, um, uh, who, you know, very infamous and amazing comic book writer uh, on this one. Um, so when it was announced in 2021, um, it, they said in a joint statement, Abrams and Reeves, uh, the series will be thrilling, cinematic and evocative of Batman's noir roots while diving deeper into the psychology of these iconic characters. Um, yeah, so... This is this is great. This is really great stuff. I can't wait to watch this because it's kind of the spiritual sequel to Batman the Animated Series, right? Well, not really sequel. Just um, it would be in the same vein, but with yeah. a nowadays sort of audience take, so they can actually like put in more stuff that's more that's more uh, more analogical intrigue, like. If they're going to deal with like the psyche of, of each uh, character, Ima- imagine just Mister um, Freeze being being all over this. You know how they how they change yeah. the origin of Mister Freeze, and yeah, yeah. So this is gonna you know be something for the uh, you know people like us who grew up watching the animated series in the nineties to you know jump back in um, and see kind of. Even though it's not a sequel, but like just to kind of you know where where this we grew up with that show, which was quote unquote a kids show, even though it it covered some dark shit itself. Mm. Um, but but now because of the age we are, we can you know fully get a the nostalgia and b uh, allow ourselves to go deeper psychologically with these characters, just as J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves have said. Mm. Uh, so and to me, uh, introduced to a new generation. That's it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, a potential sensitive question. Um, now, did Kevin Conroy do any work on this before he passed away? Um, I can't remember. I think he did. Um, I, okay. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a spoiler or not, but um, all, all roads lead to he voiced Thomas Wayne. Mm. So. Yeah. Contextually, son uh, uh, Bruce is the son of Batman and and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's probably going to be a couple of episodes with him in it. So, and unfortunately, probably won't won't be doing the other. I think, if memory serves, I think season one was pretty much in the bag, and they just greenlight a second one. Because it's fucking awesome, right? Yeah, <laughs> preemptively. So, so yeah, I'm gonna have some Kevin Conroy in this bitch. Yes, yes, we're here for that. Mm. Absolutely. Um, do you have any other thoughts on on this, Mike? Before I move on, uh, I uh, just hear, hearing like when this was first introduced, I was like, wow, we're going, we're going back, we're going back to Gotham, and with a new. Semi new take, but more, but because yeah, the way that Batman was going, it was a bit weird. But then Matt Reeves did his Batman, and I I really like that version as well. Mm. So this is would be James Gunn's Elseworld Batman. It wouldn't be part of part of well, it's not really part of WB anyway. So yeah, so no. So if they so if they're going to do something with Batman in animated form over over in Warner Brothers Discovery, 
they better, they better, you know, look out. Yeah, they got some uh, some pretty pretty strong comp- pretty uh, competition. Pretty hefty opportunity. Mm-hmm. My kids are having fun. They <laughs> they sound like it. <laughs> Especially the little one. Bless them. Especially the little guy. That's why oh. I need to soundproof this room. <laughs> you will get there. Inside and out. There. Inside and out. Okay, moving along to our next item, um, which is Star Wars related. Um, this is kind of... One one part of this story is it makes sense because we've kind of already touched on it before. Um, but another part is kind of giving me a little bit of pause. So I'm 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 slightly concerned um, here. So basically, we've known for a while that um, you know uh, Kathleen Kennedy, the the people at Lucasfilm and Disney, were you know moving forward with expanding the Star Wars universe and movies, and then with the fallout of you know uh, Solo and Rise of Skywalker, not kind of you know setting the world on fire the way they should have. Um, they kind of decided to pull back from that um, and to the point where, you know, uh, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron film was pretty much dead. That is now confirmed, essentially, that it's not in active development anymore. Um, also, now no longer in active development, apparently, is Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie. Um, this makes me sad, but I suppose one silver lining to it is the fact that I think Kevin needs to just worry about where his MCU is going at the moment. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad he won't be splitting his focus between Star Wars and Marvel. Um, but, you know, that is neither here nor there, I suppose. Um, but I, I was very curious to see what he would have done, what kind of Star Wars story he would have produced um, for us to watch and how it would either connect or not connect to the galaxy far, far away. Um, but, however, there is one of the previously announced projects that is still moving forward, and that looks to be Taika Waititi's. Um, so, yeah. Um, he's also going to be starring in the movie, apparently. Um, so he'll be doing what he usually does, so that that's not exactly a surprise. Um, however, um, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, again, concerned with this just because, again... I mean, we know Taika is an amazing filmmaker. You know, we know he's a very funny person and um, obviously a great storyteller. But, I mean, I'm still having, I don't know what, what the right word is, but I still feel the disappointment, essentially, of Thor Love and Thunder because um, it was a good movie. It wasn't a great movie and it tried to be a great movie and it failed, in my opinion. Uh, and so I don't know if that's entirely Taika's fault or Kevin Feige's fault or whomever is responsible, but I, yeah, uh, I know what they're capable of. So hopefully with whatever Star Wars story he's working on, it plays out a lot better. Um, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'll watch anything Taika does. So it's, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Mike, how are you feeling about all of this? And it's similar thoughts, or, or are you not as pessimistic as I am? Oh, I'm happy that they're they're starting to like see like that. If there's you, you can't have too much stuff like, um, and you can actually see that with the MCU as well. Like mm-hmm. like they lost one year basically, so they 
so they crammed everything to ramp it back up and it's also a money making scheme it's like oh if more stuff people would come in but then you got the fatigue and then we're sort of in this weird headspace it's like there's too much stuff we cannot handle it Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff on TV at the moment and uh, we need to like step back and evaluate what we want to do and in a way I'm kind of happy that they're actually uh, want to do something that's a bit more uh, focused instead of oh we're going to have this thing and that thing and also Ryan Johnson still wants his, wants to do his three uh, Star Wars movies yeah but but he's he, he's doing his uh, LeBlanc series um, <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah I'm um, I'm happy that they're sort of uh, doing a bit of spring cleaning. Uh, and there's all, I saw an article uh, today that uh, uh, one, of, one of the creative team is actually suing Lucasfilm because wrongful dismissal or something like that. Oh, like the Acolyte series. Wow. So. Oh. Uh, yeah. So it's a bit messy, but still. Um, Mm. Who who gets the benefits? Us. Uh, a little bit of Disney as well, but and the Taika <laughs> Waititi. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I sort of had a bad taste of uh, after after watching the uh, uh, what do you call it, Love and Thunder, and mm. was expecting something and got something completely different. It was like the Ant Man series. It's like expecting something yeah. and got something different. And I kind of like the Ant-Man one because it's so <laughs> stupid concept, but it was sort of no stakes. And I thought, okay, this is this is where we're going. All right, mm. we'll, we'll just see. But I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about about Guardians being 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 bad because you know, in a way, there's a lot riding on it, but there's no real. Um, no real stakes because we we're expecting what we're expecting in in mm. and yeah and yeah what was the last thing that I saw Tiger it was probably probably that thing he's also doing uh, our flag means death to uh, season two as well so yeah yeah he was busy for a while mm. And he's pro- probably stepped back a bit and reevaluated himself. It's like, well, I've got a story, and of course, I'm going to be in it. So that's okay. It's my roundabout way of say- saying, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I suppose we shall see what happens. Um, all right, our last item in the news this week. Uh, is a, an interesting recasting. Uh, so uh, next year we will be getting, of course, Masters of the Universe Revolution, the sequel series to uh, Revelation, which uh, was awesome uh, on Netflix back in 2021, produced by Kevin Smith. Um, really, really enjoyed that show. Uh, I think I can speak for all three of us that it was it was really well executed. Um, but some sad news to report, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar will not be returning as Teela for the Revolution series. Yeah. Um, no reason was given as to why, 
Um, I know she's now uh, starring in this series called uh, Wolfpack, which is a Teen Wolf spinoff um, that has been received very mixed. So I'm not expecting that to get picked up again based on the reviews from fans and critics. But um, who knows? It is a I think it's a CW show. So those those things tend to run for forever, no matter who, how many people watch it, uh, unless you're a DC. Um, anyway, um, but speaking of DC, replacing Teela. Uh, replacing Sarah Michelle Gellar as Teela uh, in Revolution is going to be uh, Supergirl herself, Melissa Benoist, um, which is just great because she's her, her husband plays He-Man, so now <laughs> the two of them uh, are going to be uh, in this series together. And, of course, for those uh, who are Kevin Smith fans as well, will know that he directed some episodes of Supergirl um, back when that show was airing. So, um, oh, and Melissa and her, her husband, Chris, they both had cameos in Clerks 3, um, which were very amusing. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Like, I'm sad that Sarah's gone because, uh, you know, Teela was probably my favorite character from the first season. Well, essentially she um, was the main character for a bit. She was the main character, yeah, she was, which pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> Suck it. Um, and, yeah, she had a fantastic story arc, and I, I really loved Sarah's uh, performance in the role. Um, so Melissa has some very big shoes to fill, uh, but I, I have no doubt that she will um, be very successful in doing so because she is so talented uh, and doesn't give the credit uh, doesn't get the credit, sorry, that she's owed um, because, yeah, her work on Supergirl was phenomenal. Um, so uh, I can't wait to see what she does with Teela in Revolution. Um, Mike, how do you feel about this? Um, hmm. I'm trying to remember what, what she sounds like. It's probably not too dissimilar from Sarah Michelle Gellar. But, you know... Blonde hair, blue-eyed people look the same to me. So, all good. Um, I suppose, suppose if she's like really busy with, with this uh, teen show that I don't know anything about because I'm not a teen myself and, I've, and I do not go on Tumblr. So, CW, what's that? <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, closet of Water. Um, closet of Water. Anyway, um, funny. Yeah, so uh, I'm ex- yeah, I'm expecting there's no real hard feelings. I mean, I mean, it's probably she she's been she's been busy and she can't really can't yeah. really put it into her schedule. So it's probably a good thanks, but no thanks. I got my own show, yeah. and and Supergirls over so mm. she's got nothing this else to do I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, alright I think that'll wrap up the nerdy news for this week um, let's roll on up to the trailer park rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers yeah Yes, it's trailer park time and starting us off this week is our first trailer for the upcoming Apple TV Plus movie, Ghosted. Um, Fulia has given us her thoughts, so I'm going to read 
hers out uh, before I get into my own opinion. Um, Fulia says, Chris Evans, um, although is the lead, he although he is the lead, he is not the hero this time. He is the boyfriend. <laughs> this looks like some good old comedy action fun. Might check this out. Yeah. Yeah, well, well summarized, Fulia. Yeah, um, with your eight months worth of free Apple Plus. Yeah, yes, get on it. All right, she, I'm going to make her watch Ted Lasso now. It's so good. Um, yeah, the third season's coming out soon, isn't it? Yeah, this week, season three, episode one of Ted Lasso drops. Same day as Mandalorian, too, so yeah, it's everything, a doubleheader. Yeah, everything is sort of closing up because uh, not to... Talk about another trailer that dropped, but Barry, the last se- season of Barry's mm. as well. And I really like that yeah. show, and that's finishing up. It's sad. Disappointing. I know. It's always sad. Although I did see an article, not to just keep going on this tangent, but I did see an article that said that they're hinting now that maybe Ted Lasso may not end with this third season. So, um, But I don't care either way. You know, I want them to end the story where it comes to its natural conclusion and don't drag it out. Don't even say you're welcome. Exactly. Quality over quantity. Okay, so my thoughts on... (laughs) I know, I'm sitting here as an MCU fan saying quality over quantity, and lately that track record has not been good. Um, (laughs) How many TV shows this year? Oh. (laughs) Oh, yeah, not as many now. Fifteen? Um Oh, 15, you say? We'll just flood the market and everyone's just going to watch us. Yeah. Is that, oh yeah? How's that dollar going? Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> Ghosted. My thoughts on Ghosted. Uh, yeah, this fully is right. This does look really fun. Um, it, good old uh, action comedy. It kind of has... 2000s action comedy vibes uh, a little bit. Like, it makes me think of um, The Bounty Hunter, starring Gerard Butler and Jennifer Aniston, uh, although this is a bit more higher stakes than that film. Um, but I really like that movie. Uh, this one, I'm I'm so curious about... I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'll just say up front, I'm going to watch it. But I don't know if it's going to be good or not. I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell from this trailer if it's going to be a good movie. Um, I I will also like kind of agree with with Rulia and just I I I'll just say I really like the idea of, you know, we've we've seen Chris Evans as Captain America for ten years, and now <laughs> he's a comedy star. And now, and now he's 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 being the bumbling boyfriend who's a. Uh, you know, really out of his league, uh, you know, literally, uh, on both counts. Um, and it just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of here for that. Uh, like, cause Chris Evans is very funny. Like I've seen him do comedy. He's, he's, he's very funny. He's very talented. Um, he looks like he's having a great time in this trailer. So I'm more excited to see the Chris Evans side of things. Uh, apparently this movie was supposed to originally actually be Scarlett Johansson and not Anna de Armas. Um, but Scarlet had to pull out because of, I think, scheduling conflicts. Um, so that would have been very interesting um, to see the two of them reunited. But, um, but, but of course, you know, Chris and Anna starred in um, Knives Out, the first one, uh, together, um, and in 
what was that other movie last year with Ryan Gosling? I can't remember what it's called. God, it must have left a really good impact on me if I can't remember what it's called. The Grey Man. Grey Man. Anyway, they were all in that movie together. The Grey Man, um, the ghost. What the hell? Ghosted, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not entirely sold on this. It was a fine trailer. It showed a lot. It probably didn't need to show as much as it did. Um, I'm So I'm also concerned that a lot of the good gags are going to be in it. In this trail, in this in in the trailer in the movie as well. Um, yeah, but I hope it's good. I hope it's good because it looks fun. Mm. It looks it it looks fun. So fingers crossed for a good time. Um, Mike, what did you make of Ghosted? Yeah, it looks looks well produced and and very slick and and you're expecting one thing and then whoosh, oh no, it's a it, it's something else. Uh, I did like the turn. It sort of got me. It's like, oh, oh, this is what we're doing. Cool. Um, yeah, it's not one of my sort of go-to sort of type of movies. So who knows? Um, once I get my Apple Plus, maybe down the track. Still, I'm in an iron. I'm poor now. Uh, don't have any money. Um, <laughs> I put it on my list of things to watch with Ted Lasso and and, and Spirited and, and other things. What what was the other one? Tetris. Yeah, the Tetris. Movie. Yeah, Tetris. Um, mm. yeah, it, it looks fine enough. Uh, pe- people who enjoy Chris Evans uh, in a comedy role. I mean, I do. I I, I really like not a lo- not another teen movie as well as Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Um. Yeah. So probably a no from me, dog. I reckon, but um, who knows? Uh, I'm not thinking this is probably going to be Chris Evans's dude little, but I think it's it's fun. Yeah. Mm. Good. I like the I like the reference to Doolittle. Oh. First Friday oh, out of the MCU, and it turns out to be a turkey. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a good time. Mm. Alrighty, you have a you have a question to ask. Yeah, when's well, this getting dropped? <laughs> Ghosted is going to be streaming on Apple TV Plus on the twenty first of April. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. All right, next trailer um, is for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Um, this is a theatrical animated feature, um, a kind of a, a reimagining of our iconic turtles, because um, Donatello is now Donatella, um, and I'm okay with it, and I know there's probably people out there that are not okay with that, but fuck them. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I'm kind of over that whole discussion. Um, but I will say, uh, Folia's thoughts... Before I get too further into mine. Um, She just goes, Ooze! The art style of this animation looks so unique and very comic book-esque. Another fun one to add to the watch list. Yes, I agree, Fulia. Um, This definitely makes you think of Into the Spider-Verse, as far as the animation goes. Um, uh, So I'm definitely here for that. It looks stunning. It looks gorgeous. It looks unique. Um, You know, I, I really like this kind of style that... Um, you know, it seems to be coming to the forefront in terms of computer animation. 
Um, but yeah, the movie looks fun. Like, you know, it seems like the turtles are a bit on the younger side. Like, I mean, they're teenagers, obviously, so they're really leaning into that. Like, I, as a kid growing up watching, like, I never really got the vibe that they were teenagers. I don't know, but it's probably just because I haven't watched those movies or the, the TV show in so long that I don't, I'm probably just so out of touch. So I'll just eat my words, I imagine. Um, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, you really, I don't know, they've, cause they've updated them for modern day. Cause like they're on their phones filming things and like, yeah, all this shit. So it, yeah, I don't know. Good vibes. Good vibes. This is, looks like a fun, a fun trailer, a fun movie. I might actually, I might actually watch this. Um, so yeah, I don't really have any complaints about this trailer. I thought it was really cool. Um, Mike, what did you think? Um, I always enjoyed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, w- I wasn't really a big fan uh, growing up, but in my later years, I, um, I was sort of started to appreciate the sort, sort of thing. Like, they were around when I was a kid, but I didn't really get into, into it until, like, my early 20s and that. Um, yeah, and I this looks really enjoyable i mean it, the art style is it, it is very um uh, enter spider verse but uh i think it's uh, i think it's uh, a well adapted uh updated sort of version of teenage mutant ninja turtles and i and i do enjoy the fact that they're actually leaning into the teenage uh aspect of teenage mutant ninja turtles because yeah there hasn't really been many um like you can definitely see the sort of youngness of them, like it, mm. like like the Michael Bay uh, produced uh, ver- versions where they're just big bulking hulks, uh, and it's like are they really teenagers? Maybe later half of teenagers, like like eighteen, nineteen. But but it's kind of cool that they're actually leaning into it and actually getting. Um, uh, child actors actually voiced uh, voiced the turtles as well, and such a stacked mm. cast as well. I mean, I mean, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, being produced by Seth Rogen, he's got to be in it. And second time he's playing a warthog, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this, and it's probably something I'll probably show my kids as well if it's not too scary. Uh, like they've seen the like the original mo- movie and that that's that's that was pretty dark and heavy but yeah and, and i really like the cartoon especially the one in 2012 where it was the animated version really like that one uh nice but yeah i really it looks really good stack cars and jackie chan is splinter i know yeah. that's pretty cool yeah john cena is rocksteady <laughs> Just your friends. Get all your friends. Get all your friends. Yes. Nice. So when is this nice. uh, coming out? Well, we don't have an Australian date at the present time, oh. but uh, if you're in the States, it'll be out on the 4th of August. Woo. Woo. All right. Our final trailer. Our third and final trailer is also the third and final trailer. For the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm. Mm. See what I did there? Um, yes. So, I'll kick this off with Folia's thoughts, of course. She says, my most anticipated movie ever. 
and ever is in all caps. <laughs> Each time I watch a trailer, I get more and more excited to watch the movie. The music, the sound effects, the visuals, everything about this is going to make me feel like a kid again, and I seriously cannot wait to watch it. I am well and truly ready to experience the Super Mario Brothers movie. Side note, I almost cried watching this final trailer with the biggest smile on my face. Oh, fully, are you going to make me cry? <laughs> Don't cry, you make me cry. <laughs> I didn't. I forgot to show her that video last week too. <laughs> it sucks. Um, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Look, I'll I'll just dive in and just say this is probably my favorite trailer of the three. Because um, you know, I mean, it's kind of it's it's building off of I think assumed knowledge that you've seen the other trailers because uh, it doesn't like it shows you ba the basics of the story, what you need to know. And I mean, so many people know. Mario and and you know his story and and Bowser's the bad guy obviously so you don't really have to go out of your way to explain it again in this one but I'm like this this trailer actually has made me want to watch it like I wasn't like I, I think I was going to watch it anyway up until now but this is I think clinched it for me <laughs> just because like this is well this is the for one this is the most I think we've heard of Chris Pratt's Mario voice um, and I'm not mad at it, and I know a lot of people probably are, because, you know... Oh, they're so mad. <sighs> they're so mad. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it sounds harmless to me. Um, but then again, I'm not, you know, a huge Nintendo uh, fan person. Um, so, yeah. Um, but no, this, this, it just looks fun. Like, the animation in this trailer was great. And, Mike, can you tell me... What's the name of that glowy blob that was in the cage? Do you know what that's called? Uh, it's sort of like a star bit. It's from a, a particular Mario game, uh, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Okay, okay. Well, whatever the, the the glowy blob was called, I loved it. Mm. I'm here for I'm here for nihilistic glowy blobs in cages. Um, With a huge <laughs> smile on their face. With a huge smile on their face. I thought that was hysterical. I really liked that. Um, but for me, I think um, seeing seeing the animation come to life with the, you know, with them in, their, in all the carts, you know, they're driving along, racing along, whatever they're doing, and along Rainbow Road, I was really, like, kind of stunned by the, uh, the animation, to be honest. It was... It, was really really cool and the score that they had behind it as well going was really nice so it all really worked very well and even I like Fully is saying she got emotional I didn't get emotional but even I felt I felt something for it I was like because you know I've I'm you know I I I'll say I'm not a Nintendo fan really but I have played Mario Kart many times um, and I know the frustrations of Rainbow Road very well um, but seeing it in this animated style and the way they kind of yeah it was just really really awesome so i'm i'm actually really keen to watch this now believe it or not so if fully is watching or listening to me right now <laughs> oh she's here I'm sure she's she's very i'm sure she's very very happy to <laughs> hear my thoughts she's here she is she watching us uh yes uh she says they they are the sparks from uh, mario rapids it's like yes and no okay <laughs> Um, Very good. Originally from Mario Galaxy and uh, the Rapids, the 
they sort of make an appearance in that game as well. So, and she mm. also says this is essentially Mario Kart the movie. Yeah, from this, yeah, from this clip, like this trailer they've shown definitely has Mario Kart the movie vibes. Um, but yeah, it just it looks it looks great. I think I'm gonna really like it. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be good. I'm I'm in now. I'm in. I'm in like the Flynn. Hmm. Um, Mike. Uh, yes. How how did how did this make you feel? Uh, I thought I watched it all, and it's like there's more there's more stuff. And I also saw the uh, TV trailer uh, TV spots as well. This is very exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's it's definitely for the kids, but it's also for. You can definitely tell the 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 makers definitely painstakingly put in a lot of stuff because you can tell that they're fans and can and they can put in a lot of stuff. Also, uh, Donkey Kong getting a fire flower has never been seen before. Yeah, I didn't understand that reference. Sorry. <laughs> you know when uh, Donkey Kong like slams and turns into red guy yes that was a fire flower and he can right. spit out fireballs oh right okay you, you you've never played mario have you i have no i played i i haven't really played donkey kong i've played i played mario i had a game boy when i was a kid and i played mario i don't remember what mario it was um and i've played i played pokemon on it um and then I played Mario Kart with friends who had Nintendo 64s and, and Nintendo Wii's and Nintendo Switches, but I, that's that's about the extent yeah, okay. of of my of my Mario knowledge. Well, you know the Mario power ups with uh, like yes. the mushroom and the and the fire flower yes. and the Tanuki suit and all that. We've never seen um, Donkey Kong uh, with a power up. Right. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, that's exciting. Fulia says, you need some Mario Edumacation, Kendall. <laughs> I need some Mario Edumacation. <laughs> uh, it looks like this movie might be my education, I think. But you'll get Maybe. all the references. I'm not going to get any references, really. No. And there's a shitload of... I'll get some. And there's also a shitload of music cues as well that I really appreciate. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, from different levels and that. It's like they got so much to go to the well for. It's, it's amazing. So when it's amazing. So when is this coming out and I'm going to take my kids? Yes. It's coming out very soon. Um, Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Um, it's going to be out in cinemas on 5th of April, which is a Wednesday, might I add. It's coming out on a Wednesday, both here and internationally. It is dropping. Um, on a Wednesday, so uh, we're all getting it, all getting it at once. Yes. Gonna take, yes. Gonna, gonna get my girl out, out out of school early just to go and watch it. Hell yeah. Yes. And look, it'll be good to discuss on the podcast too. Um, I know Foley is going to be out of the country then, but um, you know, I, she's going to send us her thoughts, mm. and and I suppose it'll be good for our discussion if we do talk about it because you know you have the game knowledge and i don't have the game knowledge so um yeah might be might be a fun time hmm. um okay well 
that brings us to the end of the trailer park, which means it's time for a quickie review. Uh, Willie says, going to watch it with my gamer friends in Canada. Nice. So exciting. So exciting. Okay. Quickie review. We are here to discuss briefly-ish our thoughts on episode two of season three, The Mandalorian, The Minds of Moria. I mean, The Minds of Mandalore. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't help it. I had to. Um. It's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna call a Cthulhu at the moment. Yeah. At the end of it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's start with Foya's thoughts uh, on this episode. She says. A city that was once thriving has now become a tomb, as Bo-Katan says. Yeah, that was a very haunting line, wasn't it? Mm. I, I did like that. Uh, that was a really cool episode. It was great to see Pelle Motto again, always up to her shifty business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't seem to be quite vulnerable in this episode. Grogu had to help, uh, help him by going back to Bo-Katan, who then had to save him. Not long after that, uh, when they find the sacred waters, the living waters, he almost drowns, and Bo had to save him a second time. Overall, I really enjoyed watching it, as I always do. One of my favourite Star Wars shows right now. Yes. Hmm. Well, well said. Well, well summarised, Julia. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, this was this was an awesome episode. I, I enjoyed this episode more than I did the first episode of season three. Um, and yeah, it was. As someone who hasn't seen all of Clone Wars, um, I mean, I can only imagine how kind of, I don't even want to use nostalgia as the right word, but like just seeing in live action the ruins of Mandalore Mm. like that and hearing Bo-Katan talk about her sister and her father and, you know, Mandalore the Great and the Mythosaur and all this stuff, like... Yeah, like I met, like once I will actually watch the Clone Wars, this stuff will be a lot more profound for me. But um, I still kind of understood the importance of a lot of what was revealed in this episode and a lot of what was shown. Um, Bo-Katan is becoming one of my favorite characters pretty quickly. Um, of course, that's due to Katie Sackhoff and her amazing performance um, in the role. But I think Bo-Katan is just a really fascinating character, and I really like what they're doing with her so far, like having her start at her lowest point um, and then kind of getting her involved and in in the story with Din and and Grogu and she's actually going to be going on her own development and her own journey um, throughout the season, I think, now. And it's going to be really important and really powerful. Um, So, yeah, I'm here for more Bo-Katan. Yeah, Pelimoto is great as always, although I actually forgot that she'd lost a tooth during the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> um, so when I saw her without a tooth, I was like, what? And it wasn't until I watched, I think I watched a recap video of it later that it was like, oh yeah, she she, she lost the tooth. That's why that Boba Fett is required viewing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is, damn it. It really is. Um, but yeah, it was great to see her. Amy Sedaris is just wonderful as always. Um, I did like the kind of... Um, you know, the references to Phantom Menace with 
Brunta Eve and, and those celebrations um, was really nice. Um, and yeah, and her just using the Jawas to kind of, you know, pull one over on that poor, that poor alien who's just trying to, <laughs> he's just trying to get his speeder fixed. Yeah, he looks like um, a different Mac. He's stupid. Yes. Yes. Him and his but, nice uh, threads. Yeah, him and his nice threads. It was a good start to the episode. Um, and, you know, seeing, I, I it's funny, I, though, I did see one critique in of this scene where, you know, Grogu flips out of the, the starfighter into her arms, m- reminded people of um, Yoda in Attack of the Clones and how we really didn't care for that. Um, but it didn't bother me here. Uh, we've, you know, again, Book of Boba Fett, we saw Grogu flipping and jumping around a lot. So it's not really out of the realm of possibility for him to be doing that. Um, and yeah, and then all the stuff with Din and, and going to Mandalore and stuff and was just excellent. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was just a really good episode. Like, and then the fact that we got a freaking mythosaur reveal right at the end, like, hello. Mm. Um, wasn't expecting that. I literally, my jaw was on the floor. Like I just was stunned to see that that was that was really cool um and i did like too that like going through the going through mandalore and the city and the mines wasn't as going to be as easy as you know easy as pie really um and that uh one-eyed flesh droid thing reminded me of um uh, general grievous quite a bit Mm. uh i thought that was i thought that was a very interesting choice of aesthetics for that that creature um, and then I saw one other review that described it as m- being more akin to um, the the creature that lives in the trash compactor in A New Hope. Um, they kind of compared it to that because oh, yeah. of the one eye thing. And I was like, yeah, that's a bit more of a stretch, I think, but I can see it. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, it was a great it was a great episode. It was great to see Grogu have some agency and and you know do some things on his own without Din, even though it was like har- a little harrowing at one point. It's just like, oh God, little guy. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was good. And it would develop the plot exactly as we needed it to. So um, I can't wait for more. Um, Mike, what did you think? I really like this one too. Um, it, it's definitely a good, uh, definitely a good story. I thought, I thought introducing Mandalore and then, and then pretty much he uh, Din's uh, objective is to get into the baths uh, and get go for a swim, and then stuff happened. Um, mm. So it was definitely a good rounded um, episode to to um, to have, and just a lot of fun. And that cre- creature within the within the mines, I really like because it's something new and different, and we haven't seen something like that before. Yeah. Uh, and definitely harkens back to oh, General Grievous and the mm. c- trash compacted uh, creature, and you can sort of tell it's been living there for for for, for years, just feasting on like <laughs> Mandalorian things, and just waiting for so- something. It's like ooh, fresh meat, cool. Mm. So it's definitely very harrowing for that. And yeah, Grogu actually getting a chance to, to shine and actually saving Daddy. Uh, yet another episode of 
Pedro Pascal being uh, sedated and be- needs to be um, rescued by the younger version. Hmm. Within yes. within a week. Hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else can I say? Uh, yeah, Bo-Katan is definitely is definitely a good uh, a good character um, with her sto- story arc and going going from uh, going from the lowest of lows and and pretty much becoming almost a believer and the sort of uh, uh, crossroads between these two Mandalorians and ha- how they see see their culture and how they need to like get together and I I kind of like the fact that this season sort of dealing with the Mandalorian Christian, uh, question uh, which way is which way is the way and you can tell I can so tell that that mythosaur is going to get ridden at the end of this season it's so there. Oh, you reckon? Oh, yeah. You reckon they're going to do that 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 this soon though? I reckon it's it, it, it it's definitely sort of feeling that this is going to be who is going to be uh, the uh, the Mandalore, who's going to be in charge yeah. of everything. Of course, um, Bogotan's got um, got the status and and the prestige, and we actually see in this show that she can wield that uh, dark saber like a badass. And that was awesome, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. but still, she she has she has that baggage of well, it does uh, this sword isn't really mine because I didn't win it at battle, uh, and so Din is the only one that can officially wield it, but he can't wield it because it's heavy as hell because his mind's not not with it. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. definitely bet- it's going to be between these two and. Either they'll, they'll work together, or there's going to be like something. Uh, I can't. I kind of like the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. And mm, same. But I still still think whoever's going to be man, uh, the, the the Mandalore is going to be wielding the saber as well as riding a mythosaur by the end of it. So, sorry. <laughs> oh, who knows? That'll yeah. be the start start of uh, next season because the show is called The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But which one? Yeah. And I really like I really like it. If they're gonna just stick to Mandalorian like story. And you know, you can have your little member berries in, in like R four, like R five, uh coming into the fray as like yeah. yeah, he's not as useless as as it was. But but still. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying this and and Grogu's just cute as all hell and yeah love it yes yes love it love it love it I love it um okay well those are our thoughts on Mandalorian uh season three episode two the minds of Mandalore yes um yes so uh yeah I can't wait to see where it's going um it's exciting. All right. Speaking of exciting, Ooh. it's time ah. for, for the moment. Cool. The segment. Ah. The section. Is that it? The part. Aye. The place. Sweet. The s- spot in the show we like to call. Toilet break. It's time for a toilet break. <laughs> Popcorn culture. 
Yes. And I wasn't really joking for that toilet break, if you excuse me. Oh, please go, go. I'll I'll warm up the crowd. I'll keep them warm while Mike goes to the toilet. (laughs) Ah, yes, it's popcorn culture time. Um, And of course, we are here to discuss our thoughts on season two, episode 12 of The Bad Batch. Uh, which is an episode titled The Outpost. Um, And I don't know if I should wait for Mike to get back (laughs) before I go into Fulia's thoughts. Um, But but yeah, this is an episode that I'm very excited to discuss. Um, And yes, of course, as usual, there will be spoilers. We spoil the shit out of it every week. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to keep rambling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe this is where I get my little Oscar, Oscar predictions in before Mike comes back, because <laughs> the Oscars are happening tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, I think everything, everywhere, all at once is going to win Best Picture. And if it doesn't, then I will be very, 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 very shocked. Um, so I can't wait to watch that tomorrow. Um, but at the time of recording, it'll be the same day. Anyway, Mike's back. Let's Let's get into it. Um, Fulia's thoughts. Oh, I thought you were going to do Fulia's thoughts while I was gone. No, I, I, I didn't want to do them while you were gone. <laughs> I was, I literally said to everyone, I'm like, I don't know if I should. I'll wait. It's fine. So I just, I just gave a quick Oscar prediction while you were out of the room and now you're back. So, ah, um, best time for it. <laughs> yeah, best time. So, who's going to get Fulia's slapped thoughts. this year? Who's, yeah, who's going <laughs> to, who's going to get the slap? Lord, hopefully nobody. Okay. Fulia says, Wow. Just wow. I'm glad to see Crosshair. This episode went real deep on him and his thoughts about the Empire. There's so much to dissect from this. We're maybe seeing a change of heart from Crosshair with the potential of maybe getting back, uh, maybe him getting back with the Batch. Not gonna lie, I think this is probably one of my favorite episodes. No humor in this, just drama and action. Very thought-provoking too. Yes, well said, Fulia. Um, yes, my initial thoughts are very much the same. Um, this is quite possibly the best episode of the entire show. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just floored by this episode like i'm i couldn't believe what i was watching and this 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 show keeps doing that there's been a lot of really good episodes this season that have just so surprisingly just been so well executed and thought out and planned and plotted and um and all you just i don't know everything that goes into it um yeah, this this season is crushing it. Like it's, I, I mean, season one was good. I enjoyed season one, but season two is just, it's raising the bar um, for this show, um, and I'm very very happy about it because this was just insane. Basically, I'll, before I throw it to Mike, I'll, all I'll say is I was in tears by the end. I was, I yeah, I couldn't hold it in. Um, <laughs> it was it was a lot. <laughs> But it was so good. It was so well done. Um, yeah, I can't even. Mike, what a, what what was your initial reaction to to the outpost? Well, considering this is sort of like coming to the close of the closer of the se- season, and we haven't seen Crosshair in a while, 
and uh, and his particular journey. Um, I, yeah, it it is, it is a different sort of uh, story that they that they take within within Crosshair, and his um, dilemma of his choices as well, and and so on, and with his choices comes the consequence of what's going to happen <clears throat> later on with the um, uh, clones as well. So it has that story element as well. Like, what are the clones going to... Ha- what? Are, where are these clones going to go? I mean, forced retirement. Uh, but what else is there? And I kind of like the sort of... Um, I kind of like the fact that they're actually dealing with these sort of stories, especially for a younger audience's level. It's, it's it, as we said before, it's it's all de- it's all taking place with um, like what we do with veterans. I mean, after after what happens after war, what did they do? And they're mm-hmm. just going to be replaced. Like you're just a number. You're not a you're not a person. Yeah. And yeah, um, I re- and the ending as well. It's like I thought I thought they were going to kill kill him off. Mm, same. It's like it's his last ditch attempt. But no, it's going to it's going to ramp up to what's going to happen uh, within the story. And I, I sort of agree with Fulia that, that these stories are going to co- uh, coincide. And and who knows? Maybe Crosshair will become one of the bad batch again uh yeah the prodigal yeah. son has returned story mm. yeah well i kind of i thought maybe that was going to happen this episode um like I, I had a feeling that these raiders that they were fighting off that were stealing their crates um part of me thought that maybe it was the batch sent on a mission by sid or maybe it's it's rex and and echo um, trying to foil the empire, and this is one way to go about. Like I just like I was trying to piece it together, mm. um, but but yeah, maybe it's a bit too soon for that. Um, but that's yeah, because I was like, oh no, they're actual just raiders. They don't mean anything. They're just stealing shit. <laughs> yeah, and the mission just meant nothing. Oh, oh god, this episode is just tear your fucking heart out, man. Just, oh, like especially after I just watched All Quiet on the Western Front this week. Yeah. Um, like the coincidence of that kind of story happening at the same time for me this week watching. Um, because have you have you seen it yet? The Netflix. I movie? haven't. Well, I've seen the the movie that came out like like ages ago. But the the one from like the the thirties or forties that the old one. I think it's, I think so. Or the 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 one from the the one from the late seventies with Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, I think it was the seventies one. With, okay. Mm. So you know the so you know the story. So yeah, I can va- I, I, can, have a I va- can say vague memory of it. Yeah. Can I say something yeah. then about about the ending? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, spoilers for All Quiet on the Western Front if you haven't seen or read the book. Um, <laughs> yeah, seven year old. But book. there is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there is a um, a really heart, similarly heartbreaking sequence that happens where, um, you know, armistice has been declared, but they, you know, they don't, the ceasefire does not happen until 11. 
So it's, you know, the 11th hour and the 11th day, the 11th month, right? Um, but this one German officer decides, we're going to go down fighting. We're going to go out with a bang. And he sends all of these men off to fight against the French one last time. Mm. And they all f- and they all fucking die for no reason, and it's just devastating. Um, yeah. So this similar made me think of that going like you know they were on a mission for literally pointless shit because by the time they get back they see that they're just bringing in more gear anyway. So it's like literally what was the point? There was no point. <sighs> and the fact that one one of the sticking ones that I that I um, sort of, like, felt bad was when all the helmets that, that were standing, that were sitting on the crate, uh, it's like we were protecting these uh, crates that were basically full, full of uniforms as well. And, yeah. And with the... it all, And also the, uh, the quote... Of Luke Skywalker, I can't see a thing in this helmet. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ew. I feel ill now. Ew. Yeah, it, it definitely makes you feel that way. Um, yeah, this episode is just, from top to tail, is just per- it's practically perfect, uh, in my opinion. I, I The script is flawless. The story is so good. This episode came around at the right time. Like, there's been it's been a while since we've seen Crosshair. Mm. Um, you know, it's been a number of episodes since we've we've seen him, and and so this is I just kind of like how this episode is sort of a companion episode to that, the the you know the the solitary clone from I think episode three it was, um, you know, sh- sh- just further just showing like that's the big that episode was the beginning of Crosshair, you know, maybe seeing things from a different perspective but still you know good soldiers follow orders still at the end of it but now there's been a time like there's been a bunch of time between then and now and as we've seen through other episodes with the batch concerning what's going on in terms of the clones like there's no way crosshair doesn't know about what happened with um you know what's her face in the senate trying to get the clones right oh no because rampart is is gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so he would know all about that. So so that also adds to where Crosshair's mindset is as you go into this episode. And that's but why General McDickface is here. Yes, we got introduced to a new a new uh, lieutenant that we don't like, um, Lieutenant Nolan. Um, may he not rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this man was like, and we thought um, Rampart was bad. Uh, this man is like, you know, Rampart Junior. In a sense, like he's he's just he's more snivelly. Yeah, he's he's not Rampart. he's not as intelligent as Rampart, but no. still, and not as conniving. Just just a smarmy little brat. Yeah, he's an army brat. It feels like. Like, yeah trust fun baby yes like he has not seen you know he again he's another one of those superior officers that has not seen war has not seen combat so has no kind of basis of understanding for what the clone troopers have gone through um but he doesn't care because he's so 
I suppose, for lack of a better term, he's so racist towards the clones that he, you know, he doesn't consider them... Bigoted. You know, like, yeah, he's so bigoted, he doesn't consider them real people, he doesn't consider them, you know, the lines that he... Uh, dialogue that he uses to describe them, like equipment, he calls them equipment. I don't like uh, used equipment. Um, what else does he say? Um, there's another... What, what was the other good line... Yeah, uh, uh, you know, later at the end of the, of the episode when Mayday dies, you know, he's, he says he's a waste of the Empire's resources. Um, and But then he also says that he served his purpose as a soldier of the Empire, which is kind of a double-sided thing, because it's like, you know, yes, that's true, but also, you know, it's like, oh, what was the point I was going to make? Shit. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, he served his... It was almost like a he was throwing it in Crosshair's face. Um to be like, well, you know, he's gone now. So, you know, he served his purpose. Mm. Um, cool. Well, all right. Well, um, did you want to share your thoughts on, on Nolan? Did you have anything else you wanted to, I don't to know. say? Or... I think I called him Weasley, little bastard. So <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much, that's pretty much all it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, he was a, I mean, he was a good character to, to be introduced, and you know, I, 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 yeah, as I was saying, I think I, yeah, I enjoyed the dialogue he he had in the episode. Um, yeah. Um, well, all right. Let's let's switch gears and talk about Mayday. Um, this this uh, you know, clone trooper who's, um basically a commander of, of the outpost um, that's kind of been left to the dogs, it seems. You know, he the first time we meet him, he's saying that, you know, we were expecting you 36 rotations ago. Where the hell have you guys been? Um, and, of course, Nolan doesn't give a crap. He's just like, you know, well, you should be thankful we're here at all sort of thing. Um, or, you know, he just doesn't care. Um, he all, you know, all he's concerned with is the fact that they've let you know the empire down because they've let all these crates be stolen by these raiders and um and even the even though mayday tells nolan that they've you know uh they've their men have died um you know trying to protect said crates um he nolan does not care like he just he's so apathetic he's so just like you're such an inconvenience like this is why we we are now doing stormtroopers where you have conscripted soldiers because you know you guys are proving to be a complete nuisance um to to the empire you can't even follow orders simply anymore you know it's that's the kind of attitude he has so but you feel really bad i think for mayday um almost immediately and you kind of um i don't know he he endears himself to the audience pretty quick um i i really liked him quite a bit um what did you make of of mayday mike yeah, um, uh, I, I mean, uh, with a sort of breakdown, people were saying this is sort of like the um, John Carpenter's uh, It yeah. uh, thing. The, the, the thing? Yeah, yeah I got that vibe thing. too. Uh, yeah. and, and how McCready is, uh, mm-hmm. and where it's um, sort of out in the middle of nowhere during, during, uh, during snow season, and and how life is sort of like cold, wet, miserable, and then this guy just cut, comes in and 
and lords over and yeah and with mayday it's it, they sort of build him up to towards being a, a character that you could pr probably get it get into and and they just do it for one one episode it's like and that's the real kick in the guts really at the end it's like yeah this sort of character that is a lot is a little bit older than than uh, uh crosshair and mm. and more experienced in in not taking any shit really and actually is uh an outranking officer of uh of nolan as well so there's no there's no mm. real respect there it's like well where you are in 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 the hierarchy doesn't mean shit if you're a clone and yeah 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 sticky situation yeah very sticky situation um yeah and then just the the quiet moments of like you know seeing mayday mount the helmets on this you know he, they've made their own kind of memorial to their clones that they lost and um you know one one youtube video i watched recapping it talked about something that i thought was really interesting is the fact that you know how we have the clone memorial wall that we've seen on Coruscant, you know, a bunch of times. That's going to be torn down. Like, that's not going to stay up. Um, yeah. So it was kind of, hearing that kind of as an idea, I'm like, wow, that kind of makes seeing these helmets stacked, you know, as they are, um, to pay respects in that way. Uh, you know, their, their own memorial just versus the one that the Empire let them have. Um, as a way to, I suppose, say that their sacrifice wasn't for nothing. Yet we now know, and Crosshair now knows, is that they're they're basically dying for no reason um, because the Empire doesn't care about them. And I and again too with the way it sets up at the start of the episode where you see Crosshair like you know when he first meets Nolan like just before that he he's hearing you know these. Um, uh, clone troopers being forced into retirement and and how, how outraged they are about that and uh and and yeah and it's just it just kind of builds from there and just uh yeah the whole thing is just it's just so good it's just so well done um i really like the firefight that they had um when they you know after nolan made them go back out um and try and get the crates back from the raiders um that was a really good sequence um as well as that, like moment moment previously, where Crosshair um, was like, you know, the explosion kind of blinded him for a little bit, and he was very kind of out of it. Yeah, um, like he's hyper sensitive, and then yeah, and using infrared, and then just blinded. Mm -hmm. Blinded yeah. by the light. Blinded by the light. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the that whole I really like that yeah that gunfight sequence and again Kevin Kiner just crushing it with the score the the music in that scene was ah, amazing um, yeah he has no right no right to be this good um, yeah um, do you have any any thoughts on the the action stuff that they showed us in this episode Yeah, it's definitely like the atmospheric um, style. And uh, we say we say it each 
each week that um, the sort of artistic style of the bad, uh, well, the clone genre, it is with the clones and, and the Bad Batch itself. It's it's definitely picturetic, uh, uh, and this is no different. Like we've been been on a snow planet before, but uh, just. Uh, dealing with a more intimate sort of story between two two people like like pretty much trying to uh get out uh with their lives it's harrowing and and there's no tonton to speak of to no. split open Mm-mm. so yeah i really yeah i I definitely enjoy the sort of art direction that this one, this one, this particular episode has. Yeah. Yeah, definitely with like that, that really, like that really nice wide shot of the, the mountain after the avalanche. Um, that was particularly stunning to look at. Um, I like that quite a bit. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention, um, uh, the scene between, Crosshair and Mayday, where you know they're they're walking along, and um, I liked the kind of how they kind of set it up for the you know to pay it off after the avalanche with the whole like um, you know Mayday saying remind me not to die like to die on your watch because like you know Crosshair is just all about you know uh, I you know they were they were left behind because they were dead weight sort of thing like you know we can't you know, they're dead. We can't do anything about them. It's, it's over. Um, and then that whole sequence with the, the mine takes place. And then the fact that they paid it off in such a great way with post the avalanche with crosshair actually like one mayday wasn't dead. I thought mayday was going to die then. Um, I thought it was going to be the avalanche that killed him. Um, even though technically it was, but just, he didn't die right away. Um, but the moment where crosshair essentially, decided to save Mayday was just such a powerful moment and I really, really responded to that. I nearly started crying then. I cried later, but I nearly started crying then because it was like, holy crap. Um, This is the turning point for Crosshair. This is the moment where he decides to, you know, not to not follow orders, but he decides to do something like an original thought for himself. It's not something that the Empire has told him to do. He's actually thinking for himself. So all I want to say is that, yes, the whole thing made me cry because the way I kept thinking they were going to kill Mayday and then they left it until the last possible moment um, and it was very emotional and it was very well executed and I loved it and uh, I wasn't expecting um, Crosshair to uh, kill Lieutenant Nolan, but that was very satisfying to watch. Um just for him to have that moment of realization of like, fuck the empire, um, is, is just really great for his, his character development. Uh, that was nice. And yeah. And part of me thought maybe he was done for then too. So I kind of thought when he collapsed that maybe he was going to die and that would be that, but then obviously not because he wakes up, um, and we see the, uh, the clone lady from a couple episodes ago, or was it last it was last week. It was last week, wasn't it? Um, with with um, what's his face that I really liked from last week? I can't remember his name. Yeah, the guy from True um, Detective. Yeah, 
Um, Hemlock. Dr. Hemlock. Dr. Hemlock. So that's where Crosshair is now. And freaking What's-Her-Face is like, um, cooperate and you might survive. Um, so, yeah. Some some really great stuff in the works uh, coming going forward. And just very happy with Crosshair and his storyline this season and the whole clone thing it's just it's actually so much better than i expected so i'm very happy about it mike what are your thoughts on the ending before we get on out of here yeah as i said before i didn't expect crosshairs to actually have a fake out death and but mm. it's, it's sort of it is ramping up to to the ending so everything all the loose ends and the stories are going to be coalition within this sort of area and and because of Crosshair, uh, they need more information of uh, of the ninety nine and mm. on a, and a particular clone that they're looking for. Yes. And and they probably have an inkling. It's like they're not dead, are they? You're going to tell us, and we're going to see if if Crosshair has any um, loyalty to his brethren. I, I think mm. so after this this episode and Agree. and the sort of uh, relationship on and off relationship that he has with o- Omega Omega um, I think he's probably not, I think he my inkling is he's probably going to sacrifice his life for them and that will be a complete oh, yeah complete story arc because I think it was actually quite fitting for maybe his character could have died like in this episode and we could have been yeah. very uh, uh, satisfied for his story but who knows I don't know if they're going to go down that route being a kid's show itself but there's been death in, in Clone Wars and well it's Clone Wars uh, mm the word war in itself is it means death <laughs> like my flag means death yes. yeah yeah so uh i'm very looking forward to the next episode hell yes yes no i i i like that too i i think um yeah i agree i think they might kill crosshair off because that's the best character development you can give to someone who's sort of more on the anti-hero side or someone who who was on the team and then now has betrayed them and, you know, sided with the bad guys and now has come back. It's like, no, they, now they kind of need to... They're going to have to make a, the ultimate sacrifice to truly kind of uh, atone or redeem themselves. Um, so, and I think if they do that, it'll be very moving and heartbreaking at the same time. Um, but it'll be very well done. <laughs> if they go down that route. So, yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Those were our thoughts on uh, The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 12, The Outpost. Uh, Please go watch it. I know we just spoiled the whole thing, but please go watch it if you haven't, because it's just phenomenal. This show deserves more attention than it's getting. Um, It is fan-freaking-tastic. Um, before we get on out of here, now that Popcorn Culture's done, um, Fulia has an announcement that I'm going to read on her behalf. Um, and she says, 
I will be away from the podcast for about a month as I travel through Canada. Um, yes, she's saying that. Don't at me. Um, I will do my best to keep up with the shows we're watching so I can pass along my thoughts. In the meantime, keep listening to the podcast that refuses to behave and enjoy. Thank you, Fulia. Thank you. We will miss you. Um, but uh, I look forward to I look forward to seeing her Canadian adventures on social media uh, and living living vicariously through her. It's very, very, very exciting. Um, you can find her Foolish Fuji uh, socials. Yes. yes, please. Yeah, go check her out. Um, give her a follow, subscribe, a like, all of that jazz. Um, yes. Um, but as far as that goes, I think that's the episode. I think we're done. Yeah. Um, oh, one. You know what to do. And, and that, that was a podcast was called Fred. Yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, head on over to youtube.com slash Productions. Or if you're on, on uh, Twitch, give us a follow. And also, like us, share us, and everything in between. I... yeah. Yeah. All of the things. Mm. All of the things. Please. I've been a Kendall Richardson. And I've been the... I'm too tired and sick of this and I'm old and stuff. I'm Michael Lister. <laughs> yes. Relatable. And... And... You... you just experienced... A podcast called... Fred. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember to eat beef. Yes. Remember, Freddy lives, Loki dies, the doctor is in, and I got you, baby girl. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I can add that to all the things that I will cry every time. <laughs> See you soon. Look after yourself and your mental health. And... Yes, and... 